0: Welcome to Savor Food and Body, a podcast for women in midlife who are ready to lose the mental and emotional weight of dieting. I'm your host, Amanda Bullitt, an undieting dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. Join me as I talk with other experts in the fields of intuitive eating, women's health, body image, and so much more. You'll also hear stories of women just like you who have learned to undiet their lives and fully embrace wellness without obsession. Let's get started hi there welcome to our fifth week of how to be great at intuitive eating in midlife so we're wrapping up the series today and if you've missed any of the previous four weeks you can get them at the Saber food and body podcast so today we are going to dive into body respect and gentle nutrition and these two i honestly spread them throughout my work with clients, um, they're very intertwined, and they have a particular uh, kind of essence about them for midlife, which is going to be really uh, important to unpack today. So I'm excited to share all of that with you. Let's jump in. And as a reminder, if we haven't met already, I'm Amanda Bullet. I'm a registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor, and I'm a strong advocate for helping you savor food and body in midlife. And as a former athlete with a disordered relationship with food and exercise, and now a woman in my 40s, I live for helping women in midlife undiet their lives through intuitive eating, mindfulness, and wellness without obsession. So during this whole month, I've been teaching you how to create a healthy relationship with food through intuitive eating and with the nuances that come with being in midlife. So our conversations have been based on the principles of intuitive eating that were created by Evelyn Tripoli and Elise Rush, two dietitians back in the 90s, and have since gone on to be well-researched by over 100 papers and research studies um, showing the benefits of intuitive eating on overall long-term health, as opposed to the more um, restrictive way of eating of diets. If you've missed those other four episodes of how to be great at intuitive eating in midlife, again, you can find them on the Savor Food and Body podcast. So, so far we have talked about how to reject the diet mentality, make peace with all foods. And in week two, I shared about how to identify food police thoughts and how to focus on satisfaction with food to keep those food police thoughts at bay because your brain doesn't do two things at the same time very well. And In week three, we learned about what I call the hunger-fullness spectrum and why it can be hard to honor subtle signs of hunger and how satisfaction plays a critical role in finding comfortable fullness. And Last week, we talked about how to create an emotional coping toolbox and why it's important to include food even if you think emotional eating is at the very root of your dysfunctional relationship with food. So, Uh, Emotional eating is something I talk about a lot with my clients, and there is a lot to to dive into with that story and dive into your story with emotional eating and in your relationship with food. If you feel like you're an emotional eater and there's a lot of shame and guilt around that, just know that you are not alone in feeling that way. It's super, super common. And last week's episode, we talked about how to navigate that from an intuitive eating perspective. We also talked about how exercise or movement that promotes body kindness, strength, and empowerment and doesn't focus on before and after pictures can be a critical part of intuitive eating in life, as well as a really great emotional coping tool. We're going to wrap up this series that we've been doing with talking about body respect and gentle nutrition. And as I mentioned at the, the top of the call, to be honest, I am working with, when I'm working with one-on-one clients, these principles of body respect and gentle nutrition are really woven throughout everything that we do. So let's dive into to body respect first. And the, the general definition or the original definition of this principle from Evelyn Tripoli and Elise Rush encourages body positivity by honoring your genetic blueprint with kindness and compassion. And I just think it's so funny, kind of more funny and like an ironic perspective in that, especially in, in Western cultures, there are part, certain parts of our bodies that we don't really think much about in terms of their size, their shape, whatever, but then other parts of our bodies, like they, there's so much wrapped up into them, guilt, shame, weight stigma, fat phobia. And it's just interesting on how we pick our bodies apart in that way, in terms of how we're going to judge ourselves on certain body parts, but not others. So for example, at least in our Western cultures, we don't try to change the size of our feet, just so that they can fit into a size six shoe if you're a size nine shoe, like we don't really think that much about that. But when it comes to our bellies, or our butts or our thighs, There can be a ton of stigma stress and anxiety and shame when those body parts are bigger rounder softer so i just find it really interesting that we like we pick our bodies apart when it's all one one entity that carries you through life and gets helps you experience life for women in midlife i like to go even a little bit deeper on this principle because with this definition Aside from the the body image part of it and the body positivity part of it, which I 100% support, in midlife, we also tend to become more concerned with with certain aspects of our health, Um, increasing blood sugar, increasing cholesterol, blood pressure, um, a variety of things that start coming up, maybe awareness about family history of cancer or something like that. So there becomes kind of this messy middle of, well, how do I honor and respect my body size and shape of it, of where it is, and how do I honor my health? I'm concerned about these things too. And especially when you've been taught that health equates being smaller, it can get really messy in our brains for sure. So I am, when I'm working with my clients in midlife that are noticing their blood sugar and cholesterol kind of be creeping up through their forties and early fifties, and they get concerned about, what do I do about this metabolic, metabolic health? I'm a firm believer that being aware of your metabolic health is part of respecting your body. So we're not, uh, we're not saying that we're just focusing on the shape and size, and you shouldn't want weight loss or anything like that. We're not saying that at all. We're saying that it's also okay to have these health concerns and how can we work on those health concerns in a weight neutral perspective or at least not chase down the rabbit holes of different restrictive diets so being aware of messages around metabolic health mean metabolic health meaning you should be on a restrictive diet or lose x pounds just being aware that those are out there and notice how triggering they can be, especially in midlife, um, to to kind of push you to want to get back on another diet or try this other health angle because it's for your health. And, and it makes sense that you want to do that, but I'm going to invite you today just as I encourage my clients to be aware of metabolic health as an informed, um, an informed consumer it sounds funny to say say that about that way about um about your health but being aware of your metabolic health in order to inform your health promoted practices that whether that's something that you work on with your own medical team or you were somebody that i'm working with so this this might help you be encouraged to have a healthy relationship with food, develop a healthy relationship with food, um, or healthy relationship with movement. This might involve brainstorming ways to get more fiber-rich foods, for example, in. Uh, Fiber-rich foods help us lower our cholesterol, help us stabilize our blood sugar. And then also thinking about um, metabolic health is strongly affected by stress. So if you're aware of your metabolic health, you might also uh, want to work on becoming more stress resilient. So is that spending time in nature, doing some journaling, um, meditation, uh, whatever that might be, yoga practice, gentle stretching, um, however that might look for you to help you with with stress resilience. So all of these practices can support metabolic health in a body-respecting way and in an undiet way. So we're not talking about lists of eat and do not eat foods or move your body in a particular way, but we are still saying, hey, it's okay to be aware of your metabolic health and want to set yourself up for success with that. So this is where uh, gentle nutrition can also come into this mix. So when I'm thinking about gentle nutrition or compassionate nutrition, I like to call it, again, I'm not looking at it from the perspective of eat this, don't eat this, but particularly in midlife, it might involve adding more fiber, more calcium-rich foods, more magnesium-rich foods, um, foods that are high in omega-3 fatty acids, and of course that fiber, and then adding more herbs and spices too, so that we get more pleasure and enjoyment out of food. So if you're someone who has been on and off diets for years, you've done plenty of subtracting of foods to know that shooting on yourself or saying I shouldn't eat this foods, that strategy doesn't work in the long term. It doesn't work because your diet rebel brain always comes in behind the scenes and gets the best of you when you feel deprived of your favorite or satisfying foods. So gentle nutrition is still very much rooted in that all foods fit um, and food peace philosophy. And there are some small tweaks and adds that we can do in midlife that support our our health even in a bigger way. So to practice compassionate nutrition in midlife, it's critically important first to eat enough food consistently. The number of times that I see clients come into my practice and because they're coming at it from a health mindset, which often also means they need to shrink their bodies, they're not eating enough food. And that puts our body into a physiologically stressed state, which then what's that gonna do to your metabolic health? It's going to increase cholesterol, increase blood sugar, that sort of thing. So it actually ends up doing exactly what you don't want it to do um, because you're trying to be healthy. So eating enough food consistently is really important. It's a really important foundation of this. Also enjoying variety of foods. So I know it can be so easy to get into the habits of like, these are the top 10 foods that I go and buy at the grocery store every day, but really challenging yourself to bring in some more variety when you can. A nice way of doing this is trying to focus on more seasonal eating because different crops come available um, or are fresher during different seasons. And so that can be a nice gentle way to add in some more variety. Um, And then, of course, honoring your satisfaction is so, so, so key in midlife because there's a lot of other chaos going on in our lives in midlife. And when we can find little subtle moments to build some satisfaction and pleasure in with our eating experience, it can kind of just help um, increase some calm in our life. Giving yourself the opportunity to sit down for five or 10 minutes and just eat, just, just, just eat nothing else, not on your phone, not cranking out emails, just eat and give yourself that time to find satisfaction with food. So once you're eating enough food consistently, it becomes easier to practice honoring other principles of intuitive eating like hunger and fullness signals and helping you continue to build that trust with your body. So with a solid foundation in place, of those basics when it comes to compassionate nutrition you can practice adding more variety to your meals and snacks in a couple of key ways that really benefit um, nutrition for women in midlife. So eating a, a wide variety of foods means you also get a wide variety of nutrients. And a handful of ways that you can add more variety specific to midlife include focusing on a couple of key, a few handful of key components, like I mentioned earlier. So protein, calcium, magnesium, omega-3 fatty acids, fiber, and fresh herbs and spices are all um, kind of focal points that I think about when I'm working with someone um, in midlife. So you don't have to get specific with the amounts of these ingredients. Um, crazy about portion sizes or measuring or logging or anything like that. But if you're eating them consistently throughout your most meals and snacks, you're going to enjoy their nutrition benefits. So let's go into each one of them just real briefly. So you kind of have an idea of like, oh, okay, these are the foods that I could, could start including as more variety in what I'm already doing with meals and snacks. So I really love how my friend and colleague, Dr. Jen Huber, who is known as the menopause.nutritionist on her social channels. And I love how she talks about protein as a cast of characters. So I did theater in high school and a little bit in college. And when I heard her say this, this analogy just really resonated resonated with me. And it means that the main characters of protein are meat, fish, poultry, eggs, beans, legumes, and soy. And that just means that there's a higher concentration of protein per serving size in those foods so there's more grams of protein per ounce that you're eating again don't get hung up on how many grams you should be having supporting characters include nuts and seeds or like nut butters hard cheeses um, thick style yogurts like Greek or Icelandic and some whole grains. And these are considered supporting characters with protein because they have protein in them, but their grams of protein per ounce of food is less than the, than the main characters. So when I'm talking about protein with women in midlife, again, focusing more on like, how do we build a plate? How do we build a healthy balanced plate with lots of variety on it and focusing there instead of the actual grams and amounts and calories and whatever. So when you're building your meals, um, your main meals, think about having one main character of protein and one to two supporting characters uh, when it comes to protein. And if you're looking at creating more satisfying snacks, you might include one main character of protein or one to two supporting characters, depending on your hunger level. So for example, for a meal, this might be um, a black bean and brown rice enchilada. And so we've got some black beans, that's a main character of protein, um, we might even have some chicken in there too. So maybe we've got two main characters of protein. And then we have some cheese um, over the top of it. So there's a supporting character uh, of protein. Um, other examples might be adding some uh, pumpkin seeds on top of, of your salad that you're having with the enchiladas, the chicken and black bean enchiladas. So there's an example of a meal for a snack that might be um, we have a cheese stick and apples and a handful of nuts. So we have uh, cheese and nuts as you're supporting characters of protein. And then, of course, the apples are, are the carbohydrates. Same thing might be uh, hummus with some veggies or crackers or something, and the nuts, the seeds, the sesame seeds, the tahini and the hummus and the beans are both supporting characters of protein. So they blend together and make a nice satisfying snack. So those are just a couple of, of ideas when it comes to protein and thinking about those main characters and supporting characters rather than getting hung up on grams. And if you're doing that at all your main meals, you are gonna get enough um, protein to support you in midlife, support bone health and muscle, um, health and building muscle too. So when it comes to calcium, I invite you to think outside of the calcium dairy box. So you can add a variety of calcium rich foods to meals and snacks, including dark leafy greens, leafy vegetables, Um, almonds, figs, or my personal favorite is nettle infusion tea, which just means I take a handful of dried nettle, I steep it in about 32 ounces of water overnight, drain off the nettle in the morning, and drink this really nutrient-rich water in the morning. You could also heat up that water again and steep another green tea bag in it or some sort of tea that has some flavor in it if you like because the nettle tea the infusion does tend to be pretty green pretty grassy um, but also super nourishing and hydrating too so that is my those are kind of my go-to calcium sources there are great ways to add more variety to your meals and snacks that include magnesium rich foods like pumpkin seeds like i already mentioned whole grains, beans, and legumes, they're all great sources of magnesium. And magnesium is particularly important for women in midlife because one, it, it helps a bunch of different systems and processes in our bodies, like over well over a hundred. But then when it comes to mood in particular for women in midlife, if we have a higher levels of magnesium intake, then we can more likely be in that calm state. So our like meno, meno moods, as I like to call them, or your meno rage, as Dr. Jen likes to call them, can be kind of calmed down if we're getting enough magnesium in our diets. So omega-3 fatty acids are also beneficial for skin health, um, skin, hair. Um, We tend to start drying out um, a little bit in midlife, and especially if it's wintertime and you live in a cold climate, you're also going to be more dry. And so cold water fish like salmon here in the Pacific Northwest, we have a lot of salmon around, um, walnuts, ground flax seeds or flax oil, cheese seeds, hemp seeds. Those are kind of some of the great players when it comes to omega-3 fatty acids. And bonus, many of these foods that we just talked about, they're also great sources of fiber. So if you're getting in enough calcium through, through plants, you're going to be getting fiber. If you're getting in magnesium Through your nuts and seeds and beans, you're also going to be getting enough fiber. It can be really helpful in midlife to aim for that recommended daily allowance of fiber of 25 grams to be supporting your metabolic health and heart health and your GI tract. So, the number of conversations that I have with women in midlife around around just not, not pooping very well, like a lot of constipation or swinging between constipation and diarrhea and a lot of um, irritable bowel type symptoms, the having, making sure that we're getting consistent fiber in and consistent fluid with that, that can really help a lot of the, the GI distress that I see with women in midlife so the to kind of wrap this compassionate gentle nutrition up another nice thing that you can play with is adding fresh herbs and spices to your meals and snacks and by adding fresh herbs in particular and spices they're really antioxidant powerhouses which can help with so much in midlife from reducing stiff joints um, from inflammation um, they can also help with uh, improving a sense of calm so herbs like lemon balm and chamomile, whether you're, you're using those in a a tea as a great way to use them that can really help reduce that stress response and anxiety in midlife. And again, these herbs and spices just make eating experiences more savor worthy, just make them more delicious. So that can be another nice way to add variety with your foods is thinking about like, oh, I, I really like this sort of cuisine. I really like Indian food, I really like Italian food, I really like Mexican food, Asian food, and then go and look and see what herbs and spices those cuisines frequently use. And then start practicing just sprinkling those into any of the meals that you make and just kind of play around, just kind of experiment. So if you're not on the Savor Food and Body Community weekly emails, I highly invite you to do so because every month and sometimes several times a month, I drop in recipes there that utilize many of these um, gentle nutrition foods for midlife and kind of give you some ideas of how to use them. And they're always filled with plenty of herbs and spices. So you can get on that weekly email list Um, by going to my website at alpinenutrition.org and hit the contact button. So it's alpinenutrition.org forward slash contact, and you can get on the weekly email list there. And that's where I share more tips like this, like we've been talking about in this whole series. And then, like I said, some recipes and usually some bonus um, support materials, whether that is a promotion for a product that I've found really helpful with myself or with my clients in midlife or other resources and tools um, that are out there from my colleagues and and other folks in this space. So I hope this, uh, this series has been helpful. If it's felt like it was a lot of information in a short period of time, please don't be discouraged by that. That's why I've been hosting these office hours on Friday to go along with this. So please come to the office hours, ask your questions, Ask how maybe um, body respect and gentle nutrition can be applied in your own lived experience. And again, there's a link below these videos to sign up for this Friday's office hours. And this will be the last office hours available for the next couple of months, because we're going to take a break for a little bit from the office hours, not from the podcast, but office hours will go on a little bit of a break. So thank you all for watching, for listening, wherever you are tuning in from, and I hope you have a terrific week savoring food in your body. Take care. Thanks for listening today. I hope this conversation inspires you to undiet your life and start savoring food and your body. You can find show notes and resources from this episode by going to alpinenutrition.org forward slash blog, B-L-O-G. If you'd like to learn more about my one-on-one counseling or group coaching programs, go to my website alpinenutrition.org and click work with me at the top of the page. And finally, if you found this episode helpful, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Until next time, keep savoring food and your body.